Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Megan, we got Eric, we got Rudo coming to you live from the Avs practice facility. Have an interview with Logan O'Connor in just a little bit. We'll show you, but... Kind of a big practice day. A lot to talk about from I mean, they're finally in town, I guess, is where it starts. Yeah. But, uh, some line combination switches, some updates on injuries, some player news all, all over the place here. Uh, Megan, where do you think is best to start? I think getting the elephant in the room. Sure. Two absences from practice today, Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. Kale McCarr, I think we were expecting, upon reflection, Byram also took a shot in the Buffalo game. Yep. And Bednar said in pra- after practice that they're both a little bit banged up, but he said it was a possibility that one or both could play tomorrow, and he's expecting at least one of those two to play tomorrow. So the level of concern isn't high, but it's certainly there. You don't you don't want to see two really important players to the decor. Not a practice, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a very long absence for either of these players. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I said that after the last game. Would not be surprised at all if McCart doesn't play tomorrow, but it, good news in some sense that it doesn't seem like it's a, a serious long-term thing or anything like that. The Byron one may be a little bit more surprising. Yeah, sure, he blocked the shot, but it didn't seem like anything too crazy. For what it's worth, Benar, despite his secrecy about which one of them is actually going to play, like you said, it sounded pretty positive on the whole. So not too worried about any of that. The other side of it is Caleb Jones, and we'll get to Tufty, who also was called up in a minute. Debut tomorrow? It seems likely, especially hearing that he expects one of those two players to play. And looking at the Eagles transactions from yesterday, they recalled Fairbrother and Sandlin. So they get a forward and a D backup for Loveland. Yep. They have games this weekend in town. So it seems to me they make that recall with anticipation that at least one defenseman isn't going to be available to them because they get Schooneman back in that reassignment too. So knowing that, it just seems like it's very fair to say Caleb Jones is making his debut tomorrow. Yeah, yeah uh, there's Dermy's still around, right? You know, that yeah. was the only extra, right? Curtis McDermott. For um, what it's worth, dressed as a forward today. So Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple question marks for tomorrow, like we talked about, um, whether it's Kale, Bo, or, or whatever, right? Um, but I do think you're going to see Tufty uh, up front. I mean, uh, I, I do think... You're going to see somebody out of the lineup that's been playing every game, right? So it's I, – I don't mind that. I don't mind in, internal competition. I like it. Actually, I'm not going to say I don't mind. I, I love it. I think that's what drives you. It drives you in practice, and, and it brings results. Somewhere you have to have a little bit of accountability for your play. And, um, and I'm not saying who's going to be – I have no idea. You know, I'm, who, I mean, you can assume, you know, uh, you know, is it Drew and is it – the Tars, I don't know. From looking at practice today, it's going to be You're the one, one throwing names out here. Right? Yeah, no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, if you look at, right, you know, because Logan was in a new setting and, and Tufty was in a in a setting that was most likely on the second line. You, I mean, again, you're assuming when you do these things, but, I mean, there's always a reason why you do those at practice as well. Like, or else everybody would have any kind of jerseys. It wouldn't matter, right? So. I expect it to be a couple of changes tomorrow. Well, Megan, I know Bednar was asked about Tufty specifically, kind of the circumstances of this call-up. How exactly does that fit? I love the way Bednar answered this question because it was framed, how much of this is the success that Tufty's having with the Eagles in six games, six goals, two assists, and how much of this is not getting what you need out of your forward group here with the apps. And he answered that it was 60-40, leaning towards the success that Tufty's having with the Eagles. So there's some component of Bednar wanting to see something different from his forwards, but also I view it as wanting to reward Tufty with opportunity for having such a strong start with the Eagles and not wanting to deny that he's finding the back of the net. 
there's respect to the level of compete that happens at the American League level that even though it's not an exact one-for-one translation, AHL to NHL, scoring at the AHL level, especially at that rate, is still pretty impressive. And I think Bednar wants to see if he can bring some of that to the Avs lineup, especially because of the way in which Tufty likes to score. It's a lot of traffic in the net front, getting to the net front, being just a really dominant player there. And because he is so large, that's a really easy screen for a goaltender as well. If Tufty can bring that, the way he was utilized in practice today is intriguing. I don't know if it's going to exactly play out that way (laughs) tomorrow with Nachushkin and Johansson, but those are all really big guys. And I think that it could bring an interesting element if that is how Tufty would be utilized. But, but, but you're right. And, that is exactly what you just said. There's a reason why you do it in practice. There's probably a big possibility that it's going to happen, or else you wouldn't do it. But then again, there's a flip side of the thing. Logan O'Connor, black jersey at some point, and then we all know he's not going to play D, right? But I, but you know what I'm saying. So you got to be Man careful. Can dream, right? you know. We, <laughs> I, right? You got to be careful. But I, but I do believe you're on to something, and I think we're on to something that you might see a change tomorrow. Well, and I think sometimes the math is simple there. You're talking about a guy with six goals in six games in the AHL, and you're talking about a team that has zero goals in their last two games. Sure. Looking for someone to spark one, put one in the back of the net one way or another there. Eric, you mentioned it. Jonathan Druin does not have a puck in the back of the net so far this season. Yeah, it's been a little struggle there, and and there's going to be – I think they knew there was going to be an adaptation period, and you're, what, eight games in? Um, yep. You know, maybe that's that's when – and again, we're assuming here, right, the uh, – not saying he's a he's a scratch tomorrow. Or he might be, you know. Um, someone's going to be. Someone's scary. going to be. It might if, be tough. That's I what know. I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. But but at some point, I don't mind that. Sometimes you, you you know tough love is needed, and this is how we do it. This is what we need to do, and maybe you hit you need a reset or you know, and get back and try to step away a little bit, watch and and get back to you know what got you successful back then, but also what made you successful earlier in camp. Right, and then feeling good about yourself, and sometimes it's not—it's not a bad thing. Um, it's not a bad thing to be a healthy scratch. I think as players, you want to play, uh, but sometimes it, it's okay to sit back and step, take a step back, and just reassess your game, and then just work on stuff, and you know, and then be ready for for the next one. You know what I mean? And and I don't mind that, uh, but as a player, no, it's not fun. You know, but again, if you're a healthy scratch, thirty games in a row, that is really not fun. You know what I mean? So you, they're 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 professionals. They wanna they wanna be in there, whether you're a goalie or or Curtis McDermott, right? It's not easy. Don't think it's easy to go out there every day. And but the one thing you can do is control your attitude and to be a good teammate, to be a good person on the ice, to push the other guys, and your time will come, right? Well, so, and I just to be clear, I actually think. Druin has been one of the Avs' better offensive generators over these last two games. Just yeah. puck's not going It's in. not going in. I think the way Bednar talked about Druin specifically, because he was asked individually to tar Druin Colton, and he had very similar answers for each of these players in his assessment of them so far. But with respect to Druin specifically, I do feel like he acknowledged that Druin has been on the doorstep of some really good chances, mm-hmm. and his description for each of these new additions has been they're good. I think they have more to give, but I, I really do think he treated the discussion of Duran with acknowledgement of the fact that Duran is doing the right things. It's just not translating just yet. So I'll be curious to see too, because he definitely is in search of something a little bit different yeah. too. Because my my point earlier was not, I wasn't saying Jonathan Duran's a healthy scratch tomorrow. I'm saying if Riley Tufty plays. What's well, math, right? Someone has to get out. Right. And now, you know, again, it's not going to be Miko. It's not going to be, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that LOC and those guys, you know, Cogliano, they have a purpose in a sense that on the PK and all that stuff. So I, I just, I was saying it's one of those guys, right? It's, it's, yeah. right, it's the time. You too. know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, a part of this is you look at the player that Riley Tufty is, his size, regardless of how often he uses it or not. That's what's going to make him a different look than someone like a Druin or a Tatar or something like that, as opposed to a yep. fourth-line guy who's running into stuff. And, and then, obviously, like you said, you're never sitting your top guys unless you absolutely have to. But I don't, I don't want to deviate too much, no, but it, it's a really good point that sometimes what looks to us like a demotion is not actually a punishment to one player, but rather a reward or an elevated opportunity to another. Sure. Like on the topic of Manson and Jack Johnson – 
It was asked if Manson is paired with Johnson, perhaps because Bednar would like to see more out of Manson. And Bednar's answer was that it was actually a little bit the opposite, that he wants to see more from Gerard and Byram. And he wants those to be the guys that drive offense in the way that they like to play. And because that is something they both can do very well, he wants that to complement one another. And so it's not necessarily a demotion for Manson. And they're eating up important minutes to Jack Johnson and Manson. A lot of defensive responsibilities, especially on the penalty kill, specifically with Manson, that that's what he's going for there. It's not necessarily meant to be a punishment to Manson. So I think similarly, if something like that happens tomorrow, it's not necessarily meant to be a punishment to a Druen or a Tatar, but rather something of a reward for Tufti, who very confidently said that nothing is given, but he knew he would be back here at some point. He had a good camp, and I think that it's important for his confidence as a player to get this opportunity. I would temper expectations as well, even if Tufty is listed on the second line or things like that. We've seen plenty <laughs> of players come in. They're listed on the second line. They play about 10 minutes in that game. And that's it. And Bednar that's it. blending lines in the middle of <laughs> what? the game? Who's, who could have seen it coming, right? Just, you know, take everything there with a grain of salt as far as where anyone is projected to be. In the but lineup. I'll tell you one thing, though. If I'm Riley Tufty and then tomorrow I'm in the lineup, you don't know when your next opportunity is going to come. 100%. Yeah, you got to make the most better, of it. You know, I use Tom Brady. Again, different spectrum, but all of a sudden he ran with that thing and he never looked back, right? I, I, but it's true. Yep. So and I'm not comparing Riley Tufty to Wayne Gretzky. It's <laughs> not what I'm saying. Hey, but I'd, I'd take it for the Avs. Yeah, no, be, really. <laughs> that'd be unbelievable. What a trade. Pro scouting at its best right there. But, <laughs> no, I'm saying is, uh, you know, be ready for your opportunity and, and make something happen. And and you can't look back after the game. And go, oh yeah, I kind of waited and you know waited for the game to come to me. No, no, go after the game. Go make, go do something and make something happen where they have to make decisions. And and your mindset should be, I'm never gonna play in the American League ever again. I I think you have to. Well, LOC talked about that a little bit in their interview, which we'll get to in a minute here. But it's it's interesting. A team that really has not been home very much, has not been able to to practice a ton, at least in their own confines. How do you how do you adjust back to what really the normal schedule doesn't even start until they get back from the Vegas game uh, this weekend? Is this starting to wear on these guys, you think? Or is this just they're feeling good and, and ready to get back into a normal rhythm? You know, Bednar was asked about that with this East Coast road trip, did fatigue set in? And was that maybe some of where there was, I don't know if mental confusion is the right word, but like, did that have any sort of mental effect on the players? And he really didn't want to use the road trip as an excuse for why the execution just wasn't there. In his eyes, whether at home or on the road, that's a problem because it's an execution and a process problem. And he he gave them some credit, like that travel day to Pittsburgh was tough, but Buffalo, they were well-rested. So he kind of scratched that excuse. So I'm looking at the unconventional schedule, and I'm thinking, if I'm Bednar and I'm that group, that they are probably aware that it is a little bit unconventional, but not allowing that to be the reason why they've had the results that they've had the last two games. And I think that's where they're looking at tomorrow, where they are in front of the home crowd, important division points. There are no excuses. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> well, if I, just to keep going on yeah, that question, like if I look at the schedule, if I had it in front of me, which it's not very hard, what they've been through, it was training camp. It's it's a long few weeks. It's just drags. It's just <laughs> training camp stinks. It's just not <laughs> fun. Like it's not not that it's hard. It is harder because it's not summer, right? You know, but it's it just it just drags along a little bit. Then you play those games. It's travel day of travel of the game day, which is not easy, and a lot of guys don't play either. You don't get in the rhythm, and you know, and then you get on the road, which is awesome. I said at the start, I said, wow, this is so great, especially with new guys. You get to bond, you get on the road, but it's still over a week or whatever it is. You come home just for, what, one, and then you leave again, and then you leave again for another week, and then it's a game and two days in between. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I I did talk to someone from the team, not not a player, and he's like, "Oh, I'm tired." Like, <laughs> and it's not an excuse. It's just like, "Oh my god!" Like, it's just been a drag. It's been and and again, you're gonna say, "Well, this guy's crazy." They only have eight games played. He's talking about fatigue. You know, no, that's that's not what I'm saying. It's just you're just 
it's time to get home for a bit. And then you're right. And then this week it's a little weird, you know, because they're a day off and then a practice and then it's the mom trip, right? You know what I mean? It's, you're going back on the road again, um, which is awesome because those trips are to be remembered for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like it is awesome. So I'm a big opponent and they're leaving thursday right and and being a full day in vegas and you know they play saturday so kudos on the moms and and whoever's going to be joining the guys on the trip but again you're not at home and then you come back so you're really not getting home till next week you know right. what i mean so and, and that's why it scares me a little bit tomorrow and i agree with what megan is, is hey tomorrow there's no excuse let's go you know what i mean because you're home but the schedule has just been weird even though you can look at it and say wow it should be advantageous because there's games in between but sometimes you got to look the situation where you're at and not an excuse an excuse it's just it's just been weird and i think they responded really well to the start and then obviously the last two not so well right so home is great because you get to sleep in your own bed right but really that's just another city that they travel to and then have to go on to the next city, at least for this one game and homestand, right. essentially, that they have. So they can't even put groceries in the fridge. They'll, <laughs> they'll right. go bad. Exactly. So it it really has been a weird travel schedule. I don't mm-hmm. think it's been, like, crazy. Obviously, they've no. had plenty of days off, but just just weird. Yep. We put it to you that way. Um, if you have anything weird going on with your roof... Give a call to Red Hawk Roofing. They have you covered. Look, obviously, we got all that big snow. I know a handful of people who have discovered uh, some leaks in their roof, and that's where Red Hawk Roofing comes in. They use quality materials. They have decades of experience and 24-7 availability. So if you have a problem, they have a super quick response time. They'll get out and make sure that bad things don't happen. Get you fixed up with whatever your roof is. And the best part is they're huge supporters of us here at DNVR. So if you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DNVR sent you over there. And then we're also brought to you by Kind Love, which I think uh, I think they actually sold out of the uh, the DNVR joint pack. I think I saw that in the yeah. Slack. Uh, Spence for our, for us bought the very last pack, I think. So <laughs> you might have to wait for the refill on the DNVR joint pack, but you can still get tons of amazing amazing products at either Kind Love location. Go check them out and get 25% off in-store purchases with the DNVR code when you go. All of their stuff is homegrown. They grow their own stuff, and then they sell it to you at their stores. So go check them out. Everyone loves the Turbo Joint, but they have all the good stuff, whether it be pre-rolls, flour, all of that, whatever you need, you can get the uh, the twenty dollar eighth of an ounce if that's your thing. You can get a hundred dollar ounces out the door. Whatever it is you need, kindlove.com to see their full ordering menu and order online. Be sure to use that DNVR code to get that twenty five percent off. All right, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We do have our interview with Logan O'Connor to show you guys. So uh, let's roll that, and you guys can hear what he has to say. All right, we're here with Logan O'Connor. First of all, Logan, thank you for joining us uh, on Halloween. Any fun Halloween plans this year? No, probably just going to hang out and uh, hand out some candy to kids coming by. There we go. That's always the good stuff. Don't eat too much of it yourself. No, none for me. (laughs) I will eat a lot of mine. I'm not going to lie. I'm sure you've been warned, but we have a bad food take question for everybody we ask on the show. I want to do a halloween theme one. I'm curious if there's any weird Halloween candies that, uh, that you're a fan of. Ooh, weird Halloween candies. Not that come to mind. I'm not a fan of candy corn. I'll say that much. Um, that makes me a fan of you, right? Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, weird, weird ones, not really. I'm simple, just anything chocolate, sweet, sour, whatever. All right. Nothing nothing too fancy. Anything specific you, you like to snack on every day? Every day? Uh, yeah, <laughs> regularly. I'm not going to say uh, every day. I mean, I, I like cookies and cream. Hershey bars. There we um, go. Definitely not every day, but that's probably my go-to. <laughs> Plus, you, see, you get some Canadian. You know, Canadian candy's better. Yeah, you know exactly. that. There, there we go. go. There Arrow we go. bar, Mars bar, yes. score. Yeah. Woo. All right. All right. Got to go to Canada for the good yes. stuff. Yes. I get it. I get it. Uh, Got to ask, you have three shorthanded goals this year. Ever since you turned pro, you did it down with the Eagles a ton, too. What's the secret sauce to the shorty magic? I think it's just trying to time it. I mean, obviously, on the penalty kill, you're you're there to kill the penalty. Um, but if the power play is sleeping at any moment, I think my speed and stick can maybe take advantage of that and catch power play units off guard, especially nowadays. Most units have four forwards on it. Um, so defending 
on a power play is obviously not what you think about. And it's just, you know, you want to be cautious, though. Again, you're there to kill the penalty, but if you can find a time and place where they're maybe sleeping a little bit, um, can take advantage of it. I've talked to you about leadership in the room before, and I was curious looking at someone like McKinnon, who by his own admission isn't so much a vocal leader, but by example, looking at the Buffalo game and the game misconduct, he's obviously showing a little bit of advocacy there. How would you describe him as a leader? Like, Has his approach to leadership evolved in your time knowing him? Absolutely. I think uh, his leadership role is all based off of his passion for the game. Um, you know, his passion to get better, to push everyone to get better. When you see Nathan McKinnon out there after practice shooting pucks for a half hour, it pushes everyone else to, to do the same. You know, he's one of the best players in the world. And seeing him and his work ethic out there and his lead by example role is definitely something that we all look up to. And just trying to get the most out of everyone at any given moment. And his competitiveness is huge. He you know, whatever the game is, practice, games, he wants to be the best at it, and I think that brings us all along with him. I'll give you some praises here, you know, but not because you're part Canadian, but you know what I'm saying. Well, I actually, full Canadian. Part Bo- no. Born in Texas. Born in Texas, that's right. I, that's what I'm saying, I but I know your dad. Grew up in Canada. Exactly. Pretty far yes. from Canada. I consider <laughs> myself Canadian as hard as I'm There you go, that's what I mean. That's, that's make what sense I mean. Of, yeah. So I'll give you praises for that. Not, not for that, but... Working in management over the years, like, I wish, that's why I'm saying I'm giving you praises here. I wish people were like you when it comes to the identity of your game. I know you, we've talked about this before in a weird situation a couple years back, right? And it's the fact that you know what you are and you're delivering it every night. And, and, And I wish young kids out there would follow your path a little bit and try to say like, hey, and it's not saying that, you don't think you're good. You know you're good. You're just not Nathan McKinnon. You're just different than Nathan McKinnon. I just I don't know if it's a question, but I'm trying to say is it's a weird well, I, question. You, I got you see a what question. I'm saying? I, yeah. Other than avoiding eating candy, what's the key to that consistency? <laughs> I think for me, a, a big part of it is a lot of kids nowadays when they're drafted or whatnot, they are the best players on their team, and they get to the NHL, and you're not going to be the best player on this team probably because we have Nathan. Nico, Kale, whoever it may be, you're, you're going to be in a, put in a different role that you're maybe not used to. Um, whereas my role has always sort of been uh, bottom six guy, and I, I take a lot of pride in that. I think it's the details day in and day out. You can't really slack off on it, and it's not the most glamorous role. Um, I have a lot of fun doing it. I enjoy doing it. Every team needs guys to fill that type of hole, and it's just sort of embracing that day in and day out with the consistency aspect. It starts with the work ethic, starts in practice, details, and, and just being really focused with the structure and playing to my identity as a player. And, and I know that was exactly, you know, I was trying to formulate that. You <laughs> saved me. You saved me there. And that was the answer I was looking for. But for people that are listening, like people that don't know, where did you learn that a little bit? Because I know it came a lot from your dad. As A lot of people don't know your dad played pro, pro hockey. Yeah, for sure. My dad uh, had a cup of coffee in the NHL. I think just being around him and the messages he would send to me, um, you know, all growing up, he coached me a lot. I owe him, you know, basically everything, him and my mom and him being in the rink all the time, watching my game evolve. And it always started with skating for me. He he wanted, said, if you can't skate, you can't play. And I think that's uh, something that I've really taken uh, throughout my career and tried to separate myself from other players and then going through as things get tougher and tougher the older you get once you get to junior hockey you know there's a big gap from midget and then college is a whole different animal and then pro hockey it's you know it's sort of bloodshed and you're trying to take food off other guys tables at that point which you know it's a little bit more stressful but a totally different animal and I think just learning the steps along the way evolving with the competition um trying to find a niche that separates me from other players is probably the biggest thing though at this level everyone's so good the the margin of difference is so small that I think just finding um you know little little things within my game to help me separate and make me better than the next guy I'm competing against and that's the answer I'm looking for in a sense that that I wish every prospect and every team would would hear something like this you know and that's and again that's why I'm saying I'm praising it which I am I don't want you to blush but but it's so (laughs) but it's so important I mean it it is important so that was my question and that's a great answer (laughs) building off it looking at a day like today it's kind of a two-pronged question but obviously you're short some defensemen so you can't really have a standard practice you get to have a little bit of fun out there the first part of the question is 
is that significant right now to keep morale up, to have a little bit of fun in practice? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, within a season, things are going to be up and down. And, you know, you have to come to practice with a smile on your face and, and with purpose, I think, is probably the biggest thing. You can't just go through the motions. Um, that is where you get better and, you you know, you watch video and you try and correct things. And obviously today we couldn't do so much structure just with the numbers, but I still think your habits and, and details are critical day in and day out. And just the practice, you know, having a little game at the end is, is good for morale and just keep guys um, excited and having fun out there. Because the second part kind of speaks to you describing purpose there. Even though you are having fun out there, you throw on a black jersey, are you playing D for parts of those drills? Is that what that was? Yeah, the last uh, drill, we just had an uneven amount of guys. So Betsy just said throw on a black jersey. So I went with the uh, the defenseman there for the last drill. Because today it was teased too that there might be something of a promotion coming to that third line, just potentially getting at least elevated to play alongside Wood and Colton. I'm curious then, even when you're out there having fun, is there a consciousness of how serious this also is? What you want to show to coaching staff in that moment to seizing that opportunity in hopes of getting a promotion like that to play on the third line? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, every day you just have to take it as it comes and control what you can control. And that's ultimately your work ethic um, and your competitiveness. The execution side of thing is not, isn't always there, but just trying to focus on that day in and day out to continually evolve that side of my game evolve offensively and then you know I know my defensive side will be there my speed will be there but it's just you know making little adjustments within my game to try and become a more complete player and fit that role you know hopefully better a couple years ago now but you signed a relatively long-term contract for a bottom six guy in Colorado I'm sure at Stanley Cup helps you know you made the right decision there but what about Colorado was it that made you want to stay I've been fortunate to go on a DU um, you know Denver's sort of become my second home, uh, my fiance, she's from here. But I think ultimately it comes down to the team, really, and the organization. Um, it starts at the top with Joe, stems through Bedsy, the coaching staff, and then the players here. Um, you know, everyone's great people around the organization. That's the biggest thing. It makes it fun coming to the rink. And then, like you mentioned, the, the opportunity to be in the mix every year with a cup contending team is, you know, probably the biggest thing and just makes everything more enjoyable. Being inside the room after that Carolina game, I think it was your fifth straight win, there was still a tinge of dissatisfaction, like the details weren't quite there, just among the room, not even just you specifically. And I was curious with this group, because we've talked a lot about culture and a standard for winning, how do you evaluate wins and successes throughout the year? Yeah, I mean, it's a result-oriented business, but at the end of the day, we have to like the process that gets us to that result. I think our start, you know, statistically was great. I do feel as though um, there was a lot, you know, after six games, there was a lot that we could get better at. And then after eight, now obviously two losses, um, you know, there's there's more to get better at. And I think we haven't been satisfied with our game, and I think that's what, you know, makes us the team we are. And we want to be great. We don't want to be average. If we win, it's awesome, but we want to do it the right way. And then eventually as things tighten up throughout the year, those wins are going to become more important, and our structure will just follow that, and we'll start stacking them up more. I got one funny question here. Like, I really enjoy watching you play. You're at the top of my list, like top three, four, you know. But uh, that answer is going to tell me if you're going towards the top there. Like pregame meal, I don't skip. Pre- I didn't skip pregame meals. I loved it. Are you a chicken guy, salmon, or steak guy? I'm a chicken guy, and I mock pregame meal. There I you just, go. I eat a lot. <laughs> He's going towards the top. He's <laughs> going, you're, you're going towards number one right now. You're going towards number <laughs> one. Go, That's yeah. good. <laughs> is your mom coming on the Vegas trip this weekend? She is, yeah. She got in this morning. Um, so I'll, I'll see her when I'm back. And she's really excited uh, just being along for my whole career. Um, this is sort of, you know, a pretty cool moment for for us together to, to spend it, um, you know, tonight across the weekend. So she's really looking forward to it and just spending a day in the life with, with me and the other guys and moms on the team. Did you do anything differently this summer to perfect your finishing touch? It just seems like, especially with the shorthanded goals on the discussion of it, it seems like something that was really dialed in coming into this year. Not necessarily. I think uh, just, you know, shooting the puck more is always a big thing. You shoot – 10 more pucks, one's hopefully going to go in there. And the more more you shoot, the better opportunities you're going to get. And I think uh, 
in practice, just trying to hit the net more, putting more emphasis on that. If you miss on your opportunities, you know, that, that's always unfortunate. So just trying to dial that side of my game in and, and trust my shot ultimately. You get a, a ton of breakaways every year. I'm curious if you have a secret shootout move in the bag somewhere. No, this year I've just been blacking out and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) No, no secret move. (laughs) I love that. Was it the San Jose game that was a shootout and Miko won it and we didn't get to see who the next shooter was? Do you know who it was? Uh, Who went one, two? Miko and Mac, I think. Well, Mac and Miko. Miko, I actually don't know who was three. I was so curious. Do you watch the shootout too? Or do you not watch it? I watch the shootout. I think Betsy's the only one that does. (laughs) You guys return home tomorrow, division points on the line. Uh, what do you guys need to do to get things right? Just get back on track, play to our game, our identity. Um, that ultimately comes down to team speed, good in the defensive zone, good in the breakouts. And, and if we do those things defensively, our offensive game will, will slowly come. I think uh, we can shoot the puck more, get more traffic, get more involved in the net front. Last couple of games obviously shut out and maybe making it a little too easy on the goaltending, seeing the pucks come through. So those are definitely the things we're going to focus on. Awesome. All right. Uh, Logan, I want to thank you for coming on. Again, we really appreciate your time. Everybody who comes on, we give a T-shirt, too. So we give you a, a, your pick of the litter nice. of, of four you can take there. Bring take one for mom. Bring one yeah. for mom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you again. Uh, that was LOC, everybody. We will be right back with the next segment. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. I can forgive LOC for his love of chocolate. Understandable. <laughs> uh, can live with that one. The shorthanded goals do help. <laughs> and the, the distaste for candy corn. Yeah, that does help too. All right. P.S. If you like candy corn, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like eating cardboard. I don't get it. <laughs> it's what it, it has no taste. Wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wax for sure. I could see that taste too. Um, but a, a super interesting interview from LOC, uh, similar to you, Eric, one of those guys who, who understands who he is in the NHL. I, I love the fact that he knows, and even if you put him on the first line tomorrow, which, you know what I mean, probably not going to happen, but he still knows what his identity is as a player. He doesn't have an identity crisis, and believe it or not, I would say three-quarters of the people you draft – after two, three, four years from the draft year, they still have an identity crisis, and they, they still want to fight the system that this is what they are when the market actually dictates what you are, and then you don't want to face it, and I'm not a third or fourth liner. I'm a skill guy. You have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. That's why guys carve out careers by, by being great face-off guys. We talk about it all the time. Everybody's good at some point. You know, in juniors and college, and but not everyone can play in the NHL. So it's you got to figure out what piece of the pie you're part of and where can you contribute. Then he's a perfect example. He's he's he is an A plus example of knowing what you are and becoming it and being consistent at it. And I mean, what he is is Stanley Cup champion. That's right. Just throwing it out there. Uh, he's he's pretty good at what he does, to to say the least. It, it's an interesting conversation with LOC because he does see a, a decent amount of getting moved around the lineup at this point, right? For for the first year or two of his career, he really was one of those hard kind of bottom six guys. But we've seen him jump up when the Avs absolutely need someone to move into the top six. He's done some of that. We've seen him take to the penalty kill, which I don't think surprised anyone. But he's found ways to get more minutes and I I guess I'm curious if that is what players like a Riley Tufty should be following after I loved when he talked about taking food off of other people's plate I might not be wording that in the exact (laughs) same way he did you're right there's only so much yeah yeah there's, there's a healthy amount of competition and even if it's just internally you are looking at other players as opportunity that could be seized in terms of role and ways you can add more skills to your toolkit, that's Logan O'Connor. Like, yep. the the versatility he has and his ability to step up, like, even in something as silly as putting on a black jersey today and playing some D for them when they didn't have the numbers, yep. that is going to be something that wins him more opportunity and more minutes. And not everybody is fully bought in in that way because sometimes it, it means a little bit of sacrifice, sacrificing ego specifically. Yep. It's 
it, it takes a village. It takes a whole hockey team to to get a win every single night. And it, LOC is very much a part of that for Colorado. It's he's not always going to be the guy that Miko Rantanen has a three point nine or whatever, but he is going to be the guy that helps the PK go four for four on a night or or it makes that defensive play giving up the body or or whatever it might be. That you know it might not show up on the highlights every single night, but you don't win without it. So, yeah, and, and it's not easy. It's not glamorous at times. And um, I used to tell some kids prospects and everything. At the end of the game, when you go shower and you go back on your game, and you're like, "How many times was the other bench yelling at me?" You know what I mean? And and if and if the answer is zero, then you didn't do your job. And if the answer is, which we know it's a lot with O'Connor, because what I'm trying to say, he's a pain in the butt because he works hard. He's right there at a face-off. He's right next to you. He's doing his assignment. He's blocking his way. It's not about fighting and, you know. Say this with love. He has a very punchable face. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and and, and he makes it, you know, like tough to play against. So if you're an opponent, you're on the bench, he skates by, of course you're going to shout some, some bad words at him because you're like, oh, God, I don't like that guy. You know what I mean? And And that's a good thing. You know, and if you're a bottom six guy and the answer is no, no one ever shouts things at me, but then you're not doing your job. You're, you're not making hard and not fun for people to play against you. And it's not a compliment when a coach tells you you're very pleasant to play against. You know, that's <laughs> it's usually not good. Yeah. That's, uh... I, I loved, um, it was after that Carolina game where Freddie Olofsson scored. He was talking about playing on a line with Cogliano and OC. And he talked about how Cogliano obviously has the thousand plus NHL games under his belt. And so that experience makes it easy to fit in on that line. But that OC plays as if he has a thousand yep. plus games under his belt. And I just think that's really interesting because you have to be mentally very wise to ex- excel the way that Logan O'Connor has been able to carve out a path to and through the NHL for himself. And I think that's an understated part of Logan O'Connor too, is how wise he is. I think it really shows with LOC. We talk about consistency in the NHL and how hard it is all the time. That interview gives you a little peek behind the curtain. Curtain Consistency, yeah, he doesn't eat candy. <laughs> it's a lot of chicken for every pregame right, meal, right? right? They, yeah, you go out there and you have to play the hockey game, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes for every NHL player when they're trying to be an NHL guy night in and night out for their entire careers. So, I thought that was a little bit interesting, but... Uh, on that note, we are brought to you uh, by the folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go over there, sign up with code DNVR today, bet $5 on any NFL game, and get $200 in bonus bets to use. Do it while you can. That's <clears throat> excuse me. That's DraftKings.com slash sportsbook to get all signed up. Make sure you use the DNVR code with a new account to get that and a ton of other bonuses through DraftKings. They have a bunch of awesome stuff there. Also, I have a pick of the week for you. We got the guy on the show. Got to go with a Logan O'Connor goal tomorrow night. That's what I'm going. Not necessarily a shorty or anything crazy, but I'm I'm picking him to score one. Going going with one against the Blues for LOC. So maybe that uh, blackout shootout move will uh, nice. <laughs> work I out for I hope Ross Colton's in the mix there too. Yeah. Sets him up for a goal. There you go. Get- and he gets that third line opportunity. And I, I do want to talk a little bit more about that third line. But uh, first, get over to DraftKings. Use that DNVR code. Make sure you get your $200 in bonus bets. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. 21-plus age varies based on jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Whew. Okay. Also brought to you by us. The Nuggets have a uh, takeover of Ball Arena coming up in just a couple of days here. We also have some of those planned this year. I believe our first one is December 9th. Not out yet, but keep your eyes peeled for those tickets over on ednbr.com when they come around. We want to we pack the house. You can come have a good time, drink at the bar with us, go to the game. It'll be enjoyable. Also, don't want to jinx it, but, you know, abs are undefeated on takeover days for DNVR. So, 
maybe we need to do a couple more of them. Get the abs a couple more wins. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but you can also support us by becoming a diehard. Uh, you can sign up for the membership over on the DNVR.com. You get access to our diehard exclusive content on the website. You get 15% off merch. The The annual membership also comes with a free shirt. You can see some of them right over there. Uh, a couple of abs options. we got a couple of other shirts planned for this year, too. So lots of options there. You get 15% off at the bar, and you get a bunch of other exclusive stuff. So go check it out. Continue Consider supporting us. You know, it, it really helps us a ton as uh, – we continue to do our jobs, I suppose. Uh, all right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I did want to talk about that third line, which looks like it probably going to be Colton, Wood, and LOC for tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still trying to process then what the fourth line. Bednar, uh, Bednar likes to be a little uh, little coy about things sometimes. Oh, yeah. Today... <laughs> Because today was kind of an unconventional practice day, For sure. I'm not even certain, but I do feel like Logan O'Connor has earned that opportunity. He's yeah. earned to look there, and because things aren't really going with the forward group right now, right, no one's scoring goals, yeah. why not give it a chance? For sure. I mean, it, I mean, you would think if he moves, then you would have Olofsson with Cogs and maybe Tatar. Tatar? Is it, I mean, I don't know. You know? And then you get halfway through the game, and it's tough. Yeah, to yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, we're just on Tatar paper, is. on paper, but right? I see you know? it. No, I see the vision. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I see the vision. On paper. So I guess like I guess my question is how does that shape out? Because you put someone like LOC on that line, and, and just being honest about it, I don't think he's someone that's going to add a ton of offense to that line. Is that more of a responsibility blanket that you want – to free up Colton to be a little bit more offensive, or how does that function? And looking at where some of the scoring troubles have started, and it's kind of for the whole group, but looking at that line specifically, because I, I think they're working, the third line. Yeah, no, I so agree. So I don't think it's an effort on their part, but I do feel like generally they have been stopped by sticks and lanes, block shots, and so they're going to need everyone on that line to win board battles, and that is something, not even just puck battles generally, sorry, uh, and that is something that O'Connor does really well and also it's just true. has this contagious effect on his line mates whenever he plays alongside people. He can sort of insert that energy into a line, and I think that does then free up a Colton to lean into the offensive side of the game more, especially if he can get inside ice more easily because O'Connor's winning those battles. So that's where I see the vision for that line a little bit. Wood can also help there. That's yeah. where I, I would say that I don't think Wood hasn't been doing this, I just think that maybe that does allow Colton to lean into the, that side of his game a little bit more and get to the net front more easily um, and maybe help tip some pucks. Got to have the puck to score the puck. And it brings a lot of speed, right? Uh, if you got both sides, you got LOC on one side and Wood on the other side, that's a lot of speed. And we all know Ross Colton, he's not the fastest guy. He's not a bad guy, but he's not the fastest guy. So it does help. I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, you don't score goals for two straight games. At some point, you gotta, you know, you gotta look at different things, and like you said, maybe they go right back to the normalcy, like yeah, after a period. Who knows, right. right? I mean, but it's just fun to experiment. It's fun to see. Plus, it's fun to, um, at practice to to be given a different jersey, and sometimes not fun, right? If if you've been, you know, downgraded, it's not a fun feeling. Um, but I also believe that it is a necessary one, you know, because you you can't make it all the time look like, oh, it's all the same, good or bad, no results, we stay the same. So I don't mind that. And if he goes back to it or doesn't even go to it, I'm okay with it because then, oh, for one practice, it made people speculate, which is fine. <laughs> it's not just us, but players, right? You know, it's yeah. normal. It's okay. Uh, you take a look at St. Louis, who they're playing tomorrow too, a team that has not done a great job of scoring goals so far this season on the whole. Is there a little bit of a... I don't want to call it mind games, but is there some, hey, this is a team that maybe you can play a little bit more offensively minded against? Mm. No? She's thinking. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I like your thought. You know what I mean? Because like, it's, it's a real thought. I think it's a human nature thought, right? You know, But I think he's going to want to focus on uh, he being in bed and our, like, Let's do what we do best, and right. let's get back to playing our game. Let's let's get back to having these guys worry about us, and and sometimes it comes easier, like you said. If it's a team like St. Louis, it just seems to come in a little easier uh, for the Avs against them, right? Um, it's not like six, seven, eight years ago when 
it was always low scoring games and St. Louis always came out on top. Yeah. Right? You remember that? Yeah. That was crazy. Um, but I, I expect a big performance tomorrow. I, I do. Again, I expected a big one last game. It didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so I would say that, yeah, I think they'll be ready to go tomorrow and play their game. This is something that Bednar has talked about too. What you're saying, Eric, that especially in today's NHL, that it doesn't matter so much the opponent. He's just really focused on what the Avs are doing, yeah. especially right now because it has sort of been process-based a little bit. Um, and so I do wonder if for the Avs, they're not really focused on that side of things, but hope they have to recognize the realities of the confidence that can be built if they do sort of take advantage of a struggling St. Yeah. Louis team. I think there has to be some awareness of that no matter what. Well, and I want to kind of take the side door of this conversation here because Bednar was asked about the goalie situation too. Uh, is St. Louis an opportunity to play a Prosvatov? In my opinion, 100% <laughs> an opportunity. One, because it's a safe environment to see what he's made of. Yep. And they're about to go on the road against a tough Vegas team. There's just no chance that is going – to be anyone other than Georgie's no, for team. sure, yeah. Um, but it, it's in, yeah, I think it's important to see what he's made of. Um, and this would be the safest opportunity unless they wait. But that just gives Georgiev a lot more starts. And I don't know that I would describe Georgiev as fatigued, but I do think he even admitted that that Pittsburgh game was a little bit tougher. And, he, yeah. you know, he'd like to, to perform better than he has the last two. And this is a great opportunity to give him a night off and see what Prasvitov's made of. Let's just put it this way. If you don't have the results that you had last two games, then I think he's 100% in tomorrow. Now, I'm like 50-50. You know, I'm yeah. just like, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to lose three in a row. You don't want to lose sure. that one game at home. It's just, it makes you a little more hesitant. Or they had a plan, and they're going to stick to the plan. And, and who knows what their plan was. But it might have been that they're going with the backup, and, and they do. and then, well, Or maybe they weren't at all. So well, and as we'll always know. with the goalie situation, Bednar's like, Koi. he'll get a game soon. But I think that's actually a relief. I got a text from someone like, is he even going to play Krasnodar? <laughs> Genuinely? And I didn't have an answer. I, I think so. But, I, I mean, now I have a little more clarity. Like, yeah, he's definitely going to get a start sometime. <laughs> Just who knows which game it ends up being. Yeah. But That's okay. It's early on. It's fine. Good to hear that there is at least some sort of plan in place there. As At, at one point, we were we didn't even know if Prozvatov or Anand was going to be the real playing backup. Yeah, so. that's a good point. I really thought they'd recall him before Jones yeah. and Tufty were recalled to give him a shot, but that was a bit creative I, I don't know i don't know I, i'm not even gonna go in i don't i don't know what to say about it uh really i'm assuming we don't have any super chance we're good there all right cool uh you look at a, a practice like today is there a little bit extra coming off of two tough losses knowing you have a, a division team to, tomorrow night is there a should there be a little bit extra or is this just another practice for these guys well, I'll talk as the as the former player. Like, <clears throat> I love the way the schedule is these last couple of days because you've been on the road trip back east. You come home, it's a pain in the butt that game to play. I'm telling you, <laughs> but they had that one extra day. Actually, they didn't have, they they got home. They were probably in their homes by eight nine o'clock Sunday night. Right, because there was a matinee. <laughs> there was a matinee in Buffalo. Monday was a full day off. Today. You feel like death on the ice. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's just awful. It's a long flight home. You have a day off, and you probably didn't do anything. I'm talking about not even, like, a lactic acid bike rider, nothing, because you're like, okay, I need to I need to just unplug for a bit. And you come home, and today is like your gear just doesn't feel right. Nothing feels right. You know what I mean? It's one of those practice where you drag. And maybe that's what he was talking about a little bit. Like, by the end of practice, some guys weren't even, like, you know, going you know they were like oh you know they didn't have the same energy um and then you go to bed tonight and then tomorrow's the next is a, is a normal day so i do love it i'm a big guy that talks about this all the time coming back from the east or the west or on a road trip you have that first game back stuff but i the fact that they had that extra day then my theory goes out the window i think there's no excuse tomorrow and you're ready to go i want to circle back to that comment about the energy at the end of practice because this is a team, to put it into perspective, that hasn't, to my knowledge, yet selected a win song, and they won six yeah. straight. And I think that 
is going to capture then the attitude that they should have coming into today's practice, that they should be pretty serious. I think that is what the attitude of the group generally is. And so for Bednar to talk about how even though they didn't have the numbers today and had a little bit of fun in practice, he's still expecting a serious effort, and he is looking for players to show up with 100% yep. effort. And so to hear him report that the start of practice, high energy, by the end of it all, not everybody was 100% energy-wise involved, and that's it's not a concern. It's just I think it's going to make some decisions, though, for tomorrow yep. and who he's going to want to see because I think on the whole the group showed up and took today very seriously. Yeah, so – Hopefully the Avs are, are ready to put one in the back of the net, at very least, tomorrow. Um, anything else you two want to add from practice or other news or, or anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. We are going to get out of here for today's show. Before we do, we're brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the bar or, of course, find it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you anywhere in the U.S., and we're also brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery, too. So if hard liquor is your thing, they have award-winning bourbon whiskey. They also have a new vodka. They have tons of amazing alcohols. you got to go check them out. You can also still win tickets to the Broncos game on New Year's Eve if you use the hashtag BroncosBourbon over on Instagram with your favorite picture of the Broncos. Broncos even have a couple wins, you know? It's not the worst right now for the Broncos. So there's that. Uh, and even if you don't like the Broncos, hanging out in a suite for New Year's Eve, watching a sick fight fireworks show it's a pretty cool thing so use that broncos bourbon hashtag they'll narrow down the top 10 on december 1st and then you can go to breckenridgedistillery.com slash bourbon of the broncos to vote for the winner from there go check them out you can also get over there to breckenridgedistillery.com to see all of their liquors that is it for us from the abs practice facility today obviously we'll back tomorrow with the pregame postgame i don't think the nuggets play so it should be a watch along too um Anyway, we will see you there, and we will be going all week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for you. So like and subscribe here on the YouTube channel. Go check us out at thednvr.com. We appreciate y'all, and we will see you in the next one.